You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. There's no rapid react today. It's a bye week. It feels sort of foreign. So what are we going to do? We're going to bring on my favorite guest, Matt Barrows, 49ers beat writer for The Athletic. Get into one of his latest articles that looks ahead to the future of the 49ers organization, specifically at quarterback. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football. Watching. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me. Had some time to get into some college tape this week and look at some of these first-round quarterbacks. So we're going to stay on the quarterback theme tomorrow and go through some of the first-round options and who could potentially be a fit in San Francisco. But today we're going to talk about the current quarterback situation and what are the most likely avenues the team could take at the position in 2021 with today's guest, Matt Barrows. Matt, I appreciate you giving me the time. It's always fun chatting with you. Thanks for joining the show again. Yes, always good to be on, Brian. Thanks for having me. I love what you did here with this article. And if you guys haven't seen it, go to The Athletic and read one of Matt's latest. He ranks the 49ers' potential QBs in 2021, the scenarios of how they get their quarterback in 2021, whether it's Garoppolo or not. And the best part about this, Matt, is that you put percentages onto it. Like you didn't say this could happen. This could happen. You said there is an exactly 37% chance that this will happen. And I, I went to my bookie and I tried to find the odds and, and Vegas doesn't have these odds up yet that I could bet on, but I think you nailed the odds pretty much. Kudos for doing that and putting your neck on the line with putting some percentages out there. It was an overwhelming favorite for you. 37% chance that the, the 49ers keep Garoppolo and a draft a challenger to go with them, but not a first-round player. What was your thought process there? Yeah, well, I, I hope I do better than the polling did <laughs> uh, earlier this <laughs> month. Uh, so looking into, into the future is always difficult. I'll preface it with that. And um, I, I hope I don't get a, a phone call from you like on April 30 after the draft <laughs> that says, listen, Matt, I, I drummed up your – uh, article from November, and you were off on some of those percentages. But um, my point is that I think there's a better likelihood than not that Jimmy Garoppolo is at least part of the mix next year. Um, and, and one of the overarching themes or conclusions is that, you know, if the 49ers feel like their window, their, their Super Bowl window is still open, then I have a hard time thinking that they're going to go with a rookie as their starter. They, they might, and they, they might conclude that, boy, we need to bite the bullet here and uh, not start anew, but uh, um, you know, make uh, 2021 sort of a, uh, uh, a reset year. But um, I don't think that's going to happen. So uh, likelihood that, uh, that Garoppolo sticks around. That's one of the things I've struggled with, and every time I think about it, it, the logical conclusion to me is that I can't see with the competitive nature and the way the roster was built, and and I think they're still going to be going for it, the competitive nature of both Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and and where the organization is and coming off a Super Bowl last year, 
it's really hard for me to see them going into the season without either Jimmy Garoppolo himself or a veteran starter that's as good or better than Jimmy Garoppolo, in which case you would have to pay that guy as much as you're paying Jimmy anyway. Is that the way you read it when you when you put this as your highest likelihood of, of bringing Garoppolo back? I do, I do, but I think it's worth exploring the minority report there. I mean, the, the counter-argument would be that they know it's going to be a um, a, a reduced salary cap year. Uh, so they, they know that they're not going to be able to kind of stock up uh, like, a, like a team does when it's uh, ready for a Super Bowl run. They also know that Nick Bosa is coming off an ACL. Is he going to be 2019 Nick Bosa next year? They may have to wait until 2022 for for that. So, I mean, there are calculations that go into it. I, like you said, I, I think this team will, will believe that it's still a Super Bowl contender. I mean, um, you know, they, they've got, you know, weapons, um, you know, even without Nick Bosa uh, on this roster. So, um, you know, I, I think they're, they're not going to want to, like I said, reset and, and go with it. But like I, like I just uh, mentioned, there are reasons to think that maybe 2021 would be a pause season. I think you had it close. I think it's more like a 39% chance here on your option number five of keeping Garoppolo and drafting a challenger some point after round one. Here's the thing that doesn't add up to me in this scenario. Not that it's not the most likely, because I think it is, but... If you believe that you need to draft a second-round quarterback to push Garoppolo, and we've talked about those challenges with the roster and with a shrinking salary cap, are you sort of half-assing it, for the lack of a better term? That's that's uh, my father's term coming out in me. <laughs> I just I, I, I just go heard, with a half measure, yeah, perhaps. I just heard more. my <laughs> yeah. I just heard my father in myself right there. Oh, that's really funny. Um, because. If you know you need to go with a quarterback, going with the second round guy and maybe, you know, seeing who's there and who knows if even the players you think would be there at the top of the second round that you like might not get there if you're picking at, say, 45. And if you can go that far with your projection of the roster and know that you need to make a change, why not go all the way with it and draft that first round quarterback? It's a, it's a great point, and, and, and it's uh, definitely worth uh, worth arguing uh, I, I would say that, you know, they, I mean, there's a scenario where neither Beathard nor Mullins is back. And, and I would think that maybe one of them is back, but this is a team that needs to get at the very least a backup quarterback. So, you know, it would make sense to get a, a good backup quarterback who's going to be your backup, but also has a real legitimate chance to challenge Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe not next season, but, um, you know, gives you options going into 2022 at least. So, uh, and the other part of it is that Kyle Shanahan thinks that he can, you know, turn anybody into a, a starting quarterback, uh, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. So, you know, I, I went back and I looked um, a lot at 2012. Uh, Shanahan was the offensive coordinator in Washington. Of course, his dad was the head coach. They were looking at quarterbacks that year. I mean, they, they considered Peyton Manning. That was the year that he uh, w- was a was a free agent for the first time, and they had the the, the Manning sweepstakes. They looked at a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, they they were you know uh, contemplating uh, you know after taking RG three, they were contemplating taking Russell Wilson in the third. Um, 
Ryan Tannehill, uh, that was an option if uh, they decided not to go with, with Griffin. So, I mean, uh, you know, A, it, it means that Shanahan, you know, it can really work with an array of, of quarterbacks. I think we've sort of typecast uh, who Shanahan's ideal quarterback is. And, and, the, and the, uh, the role model or the, the prototype there, I think, in a lot of people's minds is Kirk Cousins. But I, I think that he can go in, in different directions there. I think he wants a pocket quarterback. I think he wants a real competitor but I think he he wants an athlete too. So these guys that we're talking about as the the first picks, the first quarterbacks in the draft, I think if the 49ers ever got within um, shooting distance of of those guys, I, I think they would be in play for sure. Um, but um, as far as that that last scenario that I laid out, where where he takes a quarterback in the second or the I guess there isn't a third round pick this year, but after the first round. I mean, uh, they're going to need to bring in a backup at some point. And so why not use your second rounder on that guy? I want to dive into a couple of other these scenarios and maybe some names there. And on tomorrow's podcast, I'm going to dive deeper into the names as first round potential and maybe second round potential draft picks for the 49ers at the quarterback position that really ties into this conversation. More with Matt Barrows coming up. Who will be the 49ers quarterback in 2021? Echelon brings connected fitness at an affordable price, an arsenal of high-tech fitness products that anyone can afford. Bikes, rowers, the new Stride treadmill, so many affordable choices to get you fit this winter. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as hitting those fitness goals, the accomplishment, feeling great about yourself, and Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of home. World-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. And unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone. And one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try Echelon Fitness Equipment at home for 30 days, go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents or whatever might have held you back, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. I watch in a number of different places. I watch every game all day, Sunday, again on Thursday, again on Monday. Uh, Maybe if there's a second Monday night game as we get sometimes, I'm in on that too. And I'm watching uh, multiple games on multiple screens and I need refreshment. And Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Before we get too far forward, Matt, uh, I want to go back to last offseason really quick in the Tom Brady situation. 
let's say the 49ers lost to Minnesota in the playoffs. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, Eric Kendricks was, you know, jumping all over Jimmy Garoppolo's passes and reading his eyes over the middle of the field there. And if the interceptions hurt the 49ers and they ended up losing that game, do you think that would have made it easier? Or actually, let me put it this way. If the 49ers lost to, say, Minnesota, didn't make it to the Super Bowl last year, is Tom Brady currently the 49ers starting quarterback? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, uh, I don't think so. I, I think they would have reached the same conclusion that if you're trying to build a sustainable team, you're going to go with the, the younger version. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo still will, will have had a uh, a really terrific 2019 season. I mean, it doesn't take away the New Orleans game. It doesn't take away the uh, the Week 17 game in Seattle. Those are still... Uh, under his belt, and, and the argument that that Lynch and Shanahan have used that you know what this was his first full season as a starter that, that still rings true even with a, a dud uh, in that uh, divisional round game. Um, and, and basically, it was a dud, really. I mean, he didn't have a great game that game. He didn't do much in, in the next game at all. Uh, so the scenario you're, you're putting forth isn't isn't all that. Different than what uh, what was reality there, which was you know the only addition was that he played um, fairly well in the Super Bowl, but then didn't have anything at the end. That's what makes the evaluation of Jimmy Garoppolo so difficult because when we were talking about this last offseason about Tom Brady, it was like, yeah, well, we still don't 100% know about Jimmy, but we think it's going to be like this. And I thought, man, at worst, it was going to be a plateau situation with him. But I thought there was going to be even more growth under Kyle Shanahan with Jimmy Garoppolo this year, and he was going to be even better. And being better would make the entire team better, right, if you're better at quarterback. And we have not seen that at all, partially because he's not been on the field. So is... What part of the evaluation of Jimmy Garoppolo would lead you to take one of the other paths here that you laid out in this article to go away from Jimmy G? Is it his play or the fact that he hasn't been available because of all the injuries now, multiple injuries, missing uh, half his games as a 49er? Yeah, I don't know if you can you can blame that on him. Um, I mean, it seems like especially this, this last one. Uh, was just uh, a case of a, a left guard blowing a block against a really good player, and then that that uh, that defensive player taking a, a shot at his lower leg. I mean, I still can't believe that it wasn't a penalty, and I really can't believe that it wasn't uh, fined at all. It just seems like a, a blatant hit below the knee against a quarterback. Um, so I mean, it, you know, but you know, going back to the the one week that he was healthy, week one. He didn't look all that good. Uh, he looked a lot like he did in those early 2018 starts before he got hurt. And someone who really doesn't have the offense totally down yet, still throwing balls into coverage um, you know, t- in his defense. Uh, and I think people forget this. There, there was no Debo Samuel that week. There was no Brandon Ayuk that week. So Dante Pettis, who's now not even on the team, was one, it was the st- one of the starting wide receivers um, you know, one thing that, that strikes me every time it comes up, when you look at who Jimmy Garoppolo's biggest detractors have been, uh, you know, Mike Florio on the, on the national stage has just seemed <laughs> to have uh, just a, uh, a real Jones for, for this guy. And I don't know if it's because it drives subs or, or he's contrarian, but he's really gone after Jimmy Garoppolo. And he was, he was sort of the first guy that started to, to question whether Garoppolo was starter material. 
And so you, you, you look at yourself, and Florio's the, the head of pro football talk, of course. And um, who's his right-hand man there? It's Chris Sims. Well, who's Chris Sims? Well, he's Kyle Shanahan's best friend in the whole wide world. Uh, I think they have got each other's like initials tattooed on their legs or yeah, something like that. Yeah, very awkward. Yeah, but they're tight. You're tight. So, I mean, that, that's always made me wonder. I mean, if, if anybody knows what Kyle Shanahan is thinking, it's Chris Sims. And uh, if, if Mike Florio is getting inside information from anybody, it's Chris Sims. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. E- even if it was Shanahan, I don't know if it's just venting or what. Um, I know that anytime there's a, a signal caller, an offensive coordinator, that, that guy knows, you know, so well all of the faults and the foibles and the shortcomings of his quarterback. And you get a, a real grass is greener um, syndrome, I think, with a lot of these guys. Like, oh, if only I had a quarterback who could do this or, you know, threw better to his left or things like that. I think that's, you know, endemic uh, of, of being an offensive coordinator. So I don't know if it's just venting or, or whether there's something to it, but that, that's always, it's always given me pause that Florio, of all people, has been uh, Garoppolo's public enemy number one. <laughs> That's a really good point. I, I didn't really think of it that way. I have heard the theory that Kyle Shanahan has always tried to put together his Texas roster in the NFL and essentially drafting you know, better versions of himself at wide receiver and, and trying to find a better version of Chris Sims to be his quarterback. So that might go hand in hand with that theory. Yeah, there you, there you go. We could, we could uh, do a real kind of psychological analysis of this whole thing. And by the way, I think Peter King is uh, is really tied in with John Lynch as well because wasn't Peter King the week of the draft? All of a sudden, he was like, "Oh, it was going to be uh, it's going to be Javon Kinlaw," and it was like, "Okay, we really haven't heard that name." You know, it wasn't out of the realm of possibility, obviously, but it was like, "Okay, I think that's the way the 49ers and go or we're going." And he was embedded with the 49ers in that 2017 draft. So uh, I I think maybe we can start to draw some lines here, and maybe we can utilize those sources in April and really solidify uh, what the 49ers are going to do before the draft. Yeah, we got like a, a JFK scenario here where we got all sorts of cork boards on our wall and we're drawing uh, connections between this source and that source. This is good stuff. I mean, we, we're going to be doing this for the next five months. So uh, it's good that we started our our chart system right now. Yeah, you know what? I need to add some more thumbtacks. I, I, we're I'm redoing the office here where I'm doing this podcast, and we actually painted the bathroom today, so I might be sniffing some of the fumes from the paint. It's actually quite strong right now, which might be adding to this. So uh, I'm, I'm getting really excited about these conspiracy theories. I like it. Okay. Well, I know that you're a big Pinot Noir guy, so oh, yeah. you know these cons- conspiracy theories are, be- are best after at least uh, two or three glasses. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, so some Ridge Zinfandel maybe, or there you uh, go, there you go, or something stronger these days is is been my go to to be honest with you. But um, yeah, and maybe just getting out of the house more would help. I, I want to talk about the no trade clause, which I believe it was Albert Breer that brought that to light very recently. Do you know if the no trade clause is one hundred percent? He can crush any trade, or does he have to come up with a number of teams? Do you know what the exact stipulation of that no trade clause is? No, I don't. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I should know, but I uh, I don't know what it is. Um, you know, m- my 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 take on the the trade issue is that people are always suggesting on Twitter, "Why well, just trade him back to the 
New England Patriots. And, and my, my take is that, hey, if, if the Patriots want this guy back, that should be you know reason number one for the 49ers not to trade him back to the Patriots. Because uh, if Bill Belichick and Nick Casario want him, that means that uh, they, they know something that the 49ers don't about uh, how good he can be. Maybe it's even a better fit. Who knows? I, I, that style of offense might be because what we saw in 2017 from Jimmy Garoppolo and they pared it down, and, and the way he used Trent Taylor early on as that Wes Welkery type slot receiver, we haven't really seen that type of offense from Jimmy Garoppolo, and it, it looks so different to, than what's going on right now. And, and uh, I don't know if what to point at as the reason for that, and, and I think some of it is just that because it, Jimmy Garoppolo, some of his interceptions have looked a lot like some of Nick Mullen's interceptions. And so to me, you have to start to at least think, okay, maybe this is part of the scheme and there's something going on there with the way they're reading defenses and the way they're going through through their progressions. Because in 2017, it wasn't like Garoppolo was completely lights out. I think there might be some some recollections that make it seem like he was better than he was. He was good, but he wasn't amazing. They weren't throwing up you know, 40 points per game or anything on offense once he jumped in there, but it was a stark contrast to how good it looked compared to C.J. Beathard and Brian Hoyer earlier in the year. But one thing that he was doing, and I went back and watched some games recently just because I wanted to remember what it looked like. It looked completely different, and it was very simple. He got in, it's like, okay, one, nope, don't like that. Two, nope, here's my third read. I like that. I'm going to throw it there. It was very simple. One, two, three, going through progressions. Jimmy Garoppolo can go through progressions, which makes it more head-scratching with some of the interceptions and some of the problems we've seen in the offense and getting the ball a little bit past the sticks. Yeah, well, I mean, that goes back to the, the 2015 Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Um, didn't have a very good year in his first year under Kyle Shanahan, offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan. And... Um, you know, uh, they butted heads. It, it, it wasn't pretty. I mean, the, the numbers there are very, very mediocre for, for Matt Ryan. And then the next year, obviously, he explodes. He has the best year of his career. And so, you know, the explanation is that once you get the full Kyle Shanahan offense and you can execute it, there's so much depth there that you can go in so many directions. And, and that, that, that's the Shanahan argument. That, I think that's what Shanahan would would argue privately if you if you ever got him off the record. Um, and Garoppolo obviously has never kind of broken through to that level. And, you know, uh, is it is it because he just can't? Because he, he can't, um, you know, t- take that next step because he can't go deep? Or is it because, you know, he, he's he's been injured, um, he never really, you know, like, like I said earlier in week one, he didn't have – anywhere near his full array of targets and then starting, you know, in, in week two, he was hurt. So we, we still don't know that. And, and, and that's why it's, it's, um, I don't, I don't want to say it's imperative, but it's important that he gets back on the field this year. I mean, even, even if the 49ers are out of the playoff picture, uh, and he's got a chance to start two games, uh, with Brandon Ayuk and, and with Debo Samuel, they probably hold George Kittle out in that uh, example. But I, I think it's important for him to, to learn a uh, for for people to see what he can do with his you know at least a close to a full array of weapons, and uh, yeah, most important for for Kyle Shanahan to evaluate him um, so that he can make decisions that we're talking about. Uh, you know, uh, you know, if they're out of the playoffs at that point, with with two or three weeks to go, it means that they're 
sort of well within the top ten for uh, draft picks, and that means that they've got a shot at one of these top three or four quarterbacks. All right, let's name some names here. Who, if not Jimmy Garoppolo, could be the next starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers? If you haven't tried Built Bars yet, uh, I don't even know what you're doing. What are you waiting for? Go to BuiltBar.com and a special offer, promo code Locked On. you can get yourself 20% off a box of Built Bars. 12 original flavors plus 6 new flavors. You can mix and match a box if you want. If you don't want one full box of flavors or if you're like me, you just go get a full box of peanut butter, then maybe do a mix and match on a on another box. That That's the way to go about it, in my opinion. Uh, my favorite is that peanut butter covered in 100% real delicious chocolate. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious folks out there. Uh, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These bars are low-calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein, high in fiber, and even great for a keto diet. That peanut butter flavor, 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories, and 5 grams of sugar. Cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and 4 grams of sugar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked on, you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. If the 49ers did decide they wanted to deal away Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think the no trade clause would be a huge obstacle because, you know, if it was, say, the Patriots, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo would say no to that trade. And, you know, it might be a good way for Jimmy Garoppolo to keep his salary or even get it restructured in a way that locks him in and gets him a little bit more money. I don't know if he would make that same amount on the free agent market, but who knows? The free agent market is crazy, too. But, um, you know, the Bears, his hometown team, you look at some of the teams, like I could see Jimmy saying, no, I don't want to get traded to the Jaguars, but um, some of the teams that make sense for Jimmy Garoppolo, I could see him saying, yeah, that would be okay, and waiving that no trade clause. Obviously, that's just me spitballing here. I don't know what's, you know, in his heart and mind and what he would want to do with his career, but it's it doesn't seem impossible for the 49ers to trade him if that's the way they wanted to go, if there was a market. And if there was a market for Jimmy Garoppolo, I want to ask you this. What do you think the 49ers would get if they wanted to try to trade him? It, would it look, there was rumors, and I don't know if you've heard this or if you have any sources that have confirmed it. There was talk that maybe the Patriots were willing to give up a first-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo last offseason, which is something that I didn't know at the time and hadn't heard. When I heard that later, I thought, man, that's a little bit rich, and that would really have made the 49ers maybe think about the Tom Brady thing a little bit harder if they were able to get a first round back on top of it, which is why I don't think that was necessarily the case. But a second round pick, uh, would it be a third round pick now? What do you think Jimmy Garoppolo would bring back in trade? Well, to answer your first question, I'd never heard of that, and I'd be a little bit, it would surprise me that the Patriots would would give up a first-round pick for a guy that they traded for a second-round pick. Um, But, um, you know, I I don't think it would be a second-round pick. I mean, I think we're talking about after the second round, third, fourth-round pick Mm -hmm. at this point. Um, You know, this is a guy who's, I don't know what the, the tally is going to be when it's all said and done, but has missed more than one season's worth of of games because of injury. And who didn't come up big in the Super Bowl? So I mean, I don't, I don't think any team is going to be would be eager to to trade him. And frankly, I agree with you. I don't, I just don't see that scenario. Um, the, the the Patriots are it. Denver. I mean, which 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 quarterback needy team that doesn't have a shot at one of these uh, these these rookies in the upcoming draft would would pull the trigger on that? Um, it's 
it's you know no one's going to rest their franchise on Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. Uh, so yeah, it's it's the Patriots I think are or nothing. I agree with you. The lowest likelihood is your option number one here, keeping the status quo. But if the 49ers did move off of Jimmy Garoppolo, are there some names, either veteran or some rookies in the draft that you think might be at the top of the list that would make sense for the 49ers in 2021? I mean, veterans, it's so hard to find uh, somebody that, that, that fits. I mean, certainly no starter caliber guys leap to mind. I mean, I and mean, you're starting to talk about Matt Schaub level type of guys, guys who have played for Shanahan in the past, uh, who, who could be the backup if if Beathard and, and Mullins move on. Um, you know, I, I I don't know whether you know Shanahan would want. I I, I assume he'd want uh, either Beathard or Mullins back. Um, but he, you know, the the conclusion seems to be, I think. At least with a, with the fan base and any observers, that neither of these guys are going to be a, a great starter in the NFL. I mean, they've get, they've gotten ample opportunities to to prove themselves, and, and neither really has stepped forward. I mean, Lynch Lynch and Shanahan say it all the time, and I know they're saying it in support of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, but uh, this team has a, a much better winning percentage with Garoppolo as a starter than anyone else. And, um, you know, uh, Beathard and Mullins just have not delivered to this point. So uh, I, I can easily see a scenario where um, it's, it's Garoppolo and then no one else is signed at that position. So you're having to bring in, at least for training camp, uh, three, three extra guys. So you would think that one would be a veteran, Schaub. I mean, I just don't know who that veteran would be. Um, Josh Johnson maybe is in the mix. Uh, and then I think uh, you you go with the uh, with the rookie as uh, as another one, and that that's why I have, you know, I, I threw out there uh, a second round pick, perhaps. How about this name? Because the Washington Football Club in 2021 can save, I think, almost 15 million dollars, and they, there will be some dead cap money. But if they were to cut, and I think it's very likely that they will cut Alex Smith, even though he's such a great story this year. We've seen really good quarterbacks come from his tutelage, and he would seem to be a really good stopgap type of quarterback, and I would put him ahead of someone like Matt Schaub or some of the other veteran names that would come in at a, at a reasonable price for the 49ers if they did decide to go the route of veteran quarterback stopgap that could potentially start, you know, who knows, zero games or a full season. What about Alex Smith coming back to the Bay, coming back to the 49ers uh, along with a first-round draft pick? That's a, that's a really interesting scenario. Um would uh, Alex Smith, I mean, I don't even know if Alex Smith wants to play uh, beyond the season. I mean, there, there's good reason for him not to. Um, he's come back this far. I think he wanted to prove to himself that he could do it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what his thoughts are for, for next year, but I think that's, you know, uh, just a, a counter argument to that. And the other point is that, I mean, he, this is a guy who's his whole career after, what was it, 2011 has been you know, joining a team and having that team um, take a quarterback in the first round. Yeah. So he's been Mr. Placeholder. I, I just don't know whether he wants to go through that scenario one more time. Maybe he does. I mean, he, he's always said that, you know, he, he, was, he was really motivated uh, to win for this franchise because the franchise did take him first overall. Uh, and uh, it, it, the, the years weren't kind to him. And he had some 
bad coaches, very bad coaches along the way, and, and the fans were rough on him, et cetera, et cetera. But he's always had that in the back of his mind that, boy, I'd love to win a Super Bowl for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, that was his motivation for years and years here. Uh, so maybe that's still burning in him, but um, uh, I, I do like that scenario because that would, would be the scenario. He'd be the starter. He'd be the guide. He obviously uh, was a fantastic mentor for Patrick Mahomes, and Mahomes still talks about it to this day, how much Alex Smith helped him that first year. Uh, Mahomes didn't play as a rookie. So uh, it, that would be a, a really interesting scenario. I'll tell you what, if you did draft a rookie in the first round, uh, I can't think of a better guy to be above him to kind of show him the ropes than Alex Smith. Zach Wilson getting the comparisons because of some of the arm angles and some of the fun stuff he does to Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, he's not on Mahomes' level physically, but uh, I don't know. It might be onto something there as well for a future 49er pairing at quarterback. It would be a hell of a story if uh, Alex Smith did come back to the Bay, but uh, I'm with you, Matt, reading this article, and you guys got to check it out at theathletic.com. Uh, I, I think you pretty much nailed it with your percentages here and what are the most likely scenarios for the 49ers coming up. It'll be an interesting offseason for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely going to steal that Alex Smith idea from you because as <laughs> I was thinking about it, uh, it, it, it was making more and more sense to me. Uh, so uh, I'm going to recycle that idea at some point and turn it into a uh, an athletic column. I love it. Yeah, run with it. it it's it's no longer mine. As soon as I <laughs> I'll, send, those I'll words, send you some Zinfandel as okay. <laughs> uh, Zinfandel as as recompense. Uh, who knows? Maybe someday we'll actually be able to hang out. Uh, in person, and, and the world would be somewhat back to normal, and we could have a glass of wine together in the same building at some point. Oh, I look forward to it. Oh, I know. That'd be amazing. Uh, Matt, thank you so much. You're really kind with your time. It's always a pleasure chatting 49ers with you. All right, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Talk to you soon. You're going to want to tune in tomorrow. I've got some scouting reports. I've had some time during this bye week to watch some college players and watch some of these prospects, uh, some of them getting a little bit deeper for the first time. So... Who are the first-round quarterback prospects in 2021? Who fits the 49ers, and where might they land in the draft? That is Tuesday, right here, Locked on 49ers.